Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 656 with a review of The Vigil. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we we're talking about a little film called The Vigil, um, which was actually a film that did festival rounds in, I think, 2019, and uh, but it's just now making it out. I think it was supposed to come out sometime last uh, summer, maybe, um, and it got pushed back, and then now it's finally out on VOD. I rented this on uh, iTunes. I assume you did the same, Stephen? Yep. Cool. Um, so we, you know, we're here to talk about it. Uh, longtime listeners of the show know um, that that Steven's not the biggest fan of watching horror films. Um, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't like to get himself all worked up or anything like that. But Steven, you put up zero fight to watch this film. <laughs> and I know. I... <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious what the thought process was, because I, I literally sent Steven a just a question mark like it was like a late night hookup text and then a link mm-hmm. to the page for the vigil and then and I replied uh, with an eggplant emoji yeah. <laughs> you up um <laughs> but but yeah so i mean why, why were you so game to check out this film steven i wasn't game i mean okay i, I was game in the sense that like i was um I, I wasn't going to be the one that said no to it. But no, Joanna <laughs> chided me for the same thing because I was, I was telling her that I was dreading watching a horror movie. And she was like, why did you say yes to that? You know you hate them. <laughs> and I was like, Chris would do it for me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I there wasn't really anything else coming. I guess we could have done Tom and Jerry, but like there, there, there wasn't anything major. And the things that were out, it wasn't clear that they were available in streaming anyway. Um yeah. And I just figured, I don't know, I've, I've lived through enough of these now. I might as well just keep trudging forward. Um, of course, I didn't look up anything about this. Like, the name was The Vigil, and I could tell it was horror, and it said something about <laughs> Hasidic. And I was like, okay, this is at least going to have an angle that will be, like, mildly interesting to watch. You know, like, it's set in Brooklyn. It has to do with the Jewish community. Like, I can, I can latch on to that. Like, if nothing else, I'll at least feel like maybe I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> And I learned a lot. I, le- I learned um, to say no. <laughs> yeah, I think, Steve, what you learned is uh, if an old wo- woman says, no, you won't do, get out of here right now, you listen to her and you get the fuck out. Right. I know. Dating was hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I, think, I think for me, I was kind of poking around at what was coming out and kind of, you know, briefly checked what the like the, the base level score was for everything that came out. And it seemed like this was probably... At the very least, the the highest consensus rated thing that was available to this for the weekend. And, you know, it'd been a little while since I saw um, a horror film that wasn't part of all the midnight screenings from the festival that we were at a little while ago. Um, so it seemed like fun. Uh, I did check out the trailer and I was kind of like, I'm into this. I, I think this will be cool. Uh, and that's why I just sent that soft little feeler to you. And uh, we're about to find out, Stephen, whether it was all worth it. <laughs> Yeah, my, so be, because I know now from our conversation about land at Sundance that uh, sarcasm doesn't always come through in iMessage, I do have to say my my acceptance back to you, which was you had me at seeped in ancient Jewish lore and demonology, <laughs> was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I definitely, I, d- I definitely read that as more sarcastic than when you said, "Would you, would you, whatever me, if Land was my favorite film of the festival?" Um, mm-hmm. So, th- 
this one at least i was like he's on board we're watching it let me dial this up all right well steven what do you say we get into it let's do it we're going to take a listen to the trailer for the vigil and then we're going to come back and give you a review There is something very, very wrong here. We have to go now. It won't let you live. Mrs. Litvak, what won't let me leave? The magic. It'll make you see terrible things. The Masik will find another broken person. All right, so that was the trailer for The Vigil. So basically, there is this thing called The Vigil, which um, if a member of the community dies, somebody is supposed to sit with the body and, you know, pray the Psalms over it and make sure that nothing bad gets into it, I guess. And essentially, there's a young man who has recently sort of left um, the Orthodox Jewish community, and he sort of gets roped into um, sitting for this vigil one night. And this is the sort of the story about uh, the events that take place and his experience in this house um, doing the vigil for this body. Uh, so Stephen Miller, what did you think of the vigil? I mean, like by now I need to learn how to review horror movies correctly because there are two pitfalls I can fall into. One is it scared me, therefore I hate it. And the other is it didn't scare me enough, therefore it must have failed at being a horror movie. And I understand <laughs> both of those things. Both of those extremes are not really the right way to appreciate horror as a genre because being genuinely scared is not necessarily the goal of most horror movies and also being scared shouldn't be a reason to reject a movie um, that is trying to do something interesting. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to get all that stuff out of the way first, which is this movie is like tailor made to be the kind of thing that will ruin my night because it, <laughs> it is not only a horror movie. It is a horror movie set in modern day taking place in like, one or two dark rooms where for the a large portion of the runtime the horror is it is dark creepy things are happening you don't quite know what they are and when you try to look at them they go away that is like the worst thing in the world to tell me because that is what will make any night like i'm sitting here in a dark room with an empty hallway behind me and i'm like low-key kind of terrified of turning around because who knows what's going to happen <laughs> in the shadows <laughs> um like 
this is a movie that at least for the first, I'm going to say half loosely, I'm, I'm cleaving the movie basically at that turnaround moment in the trailer. I'm going to say before that is the first half and after it is the second half. Yeah. Um, the first half of this movie I found very creepy and unsettling, and it is basically jump scare the movie. Like, it's just like kind of relentlessly, like, I'm going to make you squirm. I'm going to make you really uncomfortable. Things are going to be happening in the periphery. It, it isn't masterful in the way that like Hereditary or whatever does it, but it has that same idea of like, oh, there's going to be shit happening in the dark and you're going to barely make out what it is, but it'll be just enough to make you uncomfortable. And that I... A, thought that was effective. Like, I thought that part of the movie worked pretty well, especially steeped in, like, Jewish mysticism and everything. Like, it, it was kind of interesting and creepy in an appropriate way. And B, I hated it because it ruined. <laughs> like, I just had... I took no joy in watching any of that. <laughs> um, and then the second half of the film kind of decides to if not fully show you the monster, at least like let you in on what the big bad is. And the moment that happened, the fear part went away for me and so did a lot of the intrigue of the movie. Hmm. I, I kind of felt like the, the quote reality of the situation couldn't possibly be as scary as the, the unknown lurking in the shadows that I was like prepared for in the first half. Uh, and that's just true of horror in general. Like, I think it's just my problem. Like, I never like the third act of horror movies. They never do it for me. Um, hereditary excluded. <laughs> um, like, overall, I don't, I don't know. It, in a sense, I felt like this was a cheap movie. Like, it really did feel like kind of pure jump scare over and over again in a way that I don't know that it totally earned it. But in another, the the fact that it made do with such a simple location and relatively few effects and everything, I like, I thought that was clever enough. Um, I also did think it was interesting. I think other than Personal Shopper, this is the only horror movie I've seen that makes use of like the iPhone or of communications as itself things that can be <laughs> fucked with. Um, like not just an event happening on the other end of the line, but maybe like the thing itself is a... Uh, you know, transmission that's being interfered with somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it had a few interesting things. I did find the whole, like, orthodoxy and, like, trying to escape the system and forgive your past and, like, not look back, but then have to look back. Like, it, I, I thought it was, like, it seemed like it was complicated and rooted in some real shit. Um, but it, <laughs> I don't know. it felt, like, minor for me. Like, I was annoyed that it scared me so much because when, the, when it ended, I didn't think, like, wow, what an amazing movie. I'm glad it ruined a night of sleep. I'm like, fuck this movie. It ruined a night of sleep, and it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, so for me, uh, I actually like this movie kind of a lot. Um, I, I think that, that for me, um, you know, as you said, that, that first sort of half of the film is genuinely good at just being unsettling. Um, it also, the, you know, the filmmaker really knows the tropes of horror films like there there are there are shots that are just framed in a way where you're like there's got to be something that comes out of that you that, just know yeah. <laughs> yeah like this entire side of the screen is just empty and it's dark and he's not looking that way so he's definitely going to turn around there'll be something there and it just it just lets you linger with that and you kind of sit and it's like some of these jump scares are they're actually pretty small right like they're 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 not really big moments of freakiness it's mostly just really upset or, or unsettling and they do have a few like 
genuine jump scares, which which you texted me about when it happened. And having watched the trailer, I knew exactly. Yeah. Who, I'm going to say, by my definition, the exact midpoint of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but but I think in general, I was really really into kind of what this film was doing. I think for me, there's I, I horror films that deal with demonic entities or or just entities in general they kind of fit into two sort of religious buckets there's the catholic you know catholicism and there's judaism right and i think mm-hmm. that like the ones that are centered around like jewish mysticism are, are a more interesting there there's a more compelling um origin to the stories you know you know maybe somebody in your lineage of family killed a dubik when they were young <laughs> and now right. you're cursed right like things like that happen and and i think that centering um everything around an inciting event um that is an event that is personal to a person who who went through it kind of makes the it, it's sort of a better metaphor for trauma or a metaphor for guilt or a metaphor for all these different things and catholicism is usually like some demonic entity is somehow possessing somebody and 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 like it, it's a lot of like the only way to get rid of that is to have a priest come and perform an exorcism and in right. these stories there is something that you can maybe do on your own to try to deal with the situation but you have to literally grapple with things in order to do that and i think that these kind of stories are always more interesting to me when they have that sort of narrative to it um and i also think that this story doubles up on that by kind of turning this film into a better version of knocking <laughs> which we uh which we we talked about uh, for mm-hmm. sundance films um but in, in the film knocking there's a woman who has um she has she, she's getting out of a home where she has been cared after because she has either dementia or some some form of mental illness right and she is now being thrust into a situation where she is um at unease because of whatever she perceives happening around her um the lead in this story has gone through a trauma is taking antipsychotics and is like doesn't really know whether what he's seeing is a manifestation of trauma that he's been through or if it's a real thing that he a real entity that he is dealing with and i think that this film um doesn't necessarily come down on either side i mean like i think i think it wants you to believe that this is i mean because of the shot, the, the thing that you watch in the beginning of the film implies that there's a narrative outside of what this guy's experiencing. But if you, if right. you chopped those bookends off of the film, you could walk away from this film not knowing whether what he experienced, he actually experienced or not, right? Like, sure, because the, the thing, like, like the affecting part of this movie is it's about cleansing and letting go, but for whom, right? And, and that's kind of like... You, you could decide it's only him or you could decide it's something bigger than him. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I really like that aspect of watching it. And, and it makes it even more frightening in a way, right? Like this is, this, this Mazik um, is an entity that is feeding off his, something that he's been through. And he doesn't even know if it's there or not. <laughs> so he's like, he's scared, but he doesn't know whether he should be scared. Um, so just to me, that was really, really compelling. And also there is something kind of like, the 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 Mazik behaves a little bit in a way like um um what's his face pennywise from it right where it's like mm-hmm. what you you're not technically like you're you're really trying to scare people so you can feed off their fear right this this Mazik technically doesn't want to actually hurt you it wants to feed off of this this 
this trauma and this regret and everything that you have. So it can't like, it can't just straight up kill you, right? Because then it wouldn't have anything to feed off of, right? So it's literally just right. going to exist and kind of torment you <laughs> until you die. And no, that's Pe Penny Pennywise is a great comparison because Pennywise also gets to what didn't work for me in the second half of this movie, which is in it as well. It is much scarier to have this vague looming threat. I mean, Pennywise isn't vague, but you know, you don't know when Pennywise is going to appear or how Pennywise is going to appear yeah. than it is to be aware of the fact that it feeds on fear and then be like, okay, fine. Now I have a quest. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think for me, it, it just, it, it's, I think that the, the overall dread that this film built and how it, it just constantly had, had me on edge, um, even with it's like little tiny moments of body horror, like little things that aren't really that bad, but are still like, ah, ah why'd you just have to like make me look at that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, it, it's, I, I felt it was very, very interesting. And I think that the story was, it's told sort of in a fairy tale style where it's kind of like, there's, there's this sort of idea of what's happening and then you can try to deal with it and then the movie's over. Um, and it's not like a big epic sprawling adventure. It's just like a very simple, very matter of fact experience. And I thought that was pretty cool. And even though there's kind of a cheat in the middle of it, um, where all the exposition about what the Mazak is, is, is divvied yeah. out to the audience and to the lead. Um, but first of all, the person who the entity was attached to before had been dealing with this for years. So I kind of actually, I, in a way, I kind of like the idea. It's much better than people going like, oh, I was Googling around for the symbol and I found this guy who's a professor at this college and he knows all about the symbol. And then you get on a Zoom call with him and he goes, let me tell you about the Mazik, right? <laughs> like that, right. that would be like a way worse version, which is what you get in most other films, right? So I, I think that, I think that this strange reason, and it would, you know, it, it's, it's, it's your it's your turning point in the film, but I think at least it's 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 interesting the way that is sort of divvied out in that way. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think it does a good enough job with it, especially that combined. So maybe my turning point isn't quite the turning point because when uh, the disembodied voice of Fred Melamed shows up, I'm still pretty <laughs> on board for this movie, and I think that's maybe after that scene. I don't remember because he knows at that point what he's up against. When he's I think he runs upstairs Fred. and immediately calls him then, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. So so that whole part worked pretty. And, and the reason that stuff all works is it's self-contained. Like if he did get on a Zoom call and his buddy Googled something or whatever, then you would be in the realm of, oh, I know what this is now. This is a person fighting a monster. Whereas yeah. in the realm of questioning your own sanity it's all this self-contained house that everything happens and you have that extra layer i guess my one thing i kind of felt is there's there's his own history of psychological issues um there's the woman he is caring for who is said to have dementia and there is the potential demonology going on it kind of feels like a hat on a hat on a hat like there, there's like so many <laughs> different layers of what is going to happen? Who can you trust? What is real? What isn't real? It, I, I felt like at least one of them could have vanished and it would have still been fine. Like, it seemed like it's trying really, really hard to make you feel unsettled. And like, it was almost like too many tropes that were squeezed together for yeah. me. But, but also like, imagine, imagine this is a real story, right? And this is your, your friend or your buddy, right? So, so you can imagine one of two things is happening. 
Because um, because when he is asked to come perform this vigil, um, the guy who is asking him to do it is from the Orthodox Jewish community. He's somebody that he knew when he was a, a member of that group and um, remember the community. And he specifically says, like, we had a guy, but he like ran out and said he couldn't do it and left. So he mm-hmm. he he is either underplaying what made the other guy run away and cover for it, covering for it by saying like, oh, yeah, the old lady has dementia and the guy is a little bit, you know, whatever had going on. So he's either trying to downplay the events in order to give him an out for anything strange, any strange activity he sees, because instead of being a creepy old lady, um, she's just a woman with dementia. Um, or uh, that guy doesn't even recognize it. And that's his own ex- explanation for it. Right. So it's, so it's to me, it's not even clear that that woman has dementia or if just the community has ascribed to her the label of a woman with dementia because of mm-hmm. erratic behavior they might see from her when she is dealing with having been married for many, many years to a man who is being tormented by a mozzik. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what, cause I know she was being tormented and I get it. And she said something about, sending her kids away or driving her kids away as soon as she could. They're still like, what were their like childhood years like in that house? <laughs> like, like was it more toned down back then or were the kids just like, Oh, yep. The TV's on again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So it's, so it's not quite clear whether the, the wife ever knew firsthand what her husband was going f- f- through or secondhand because he had his friggin', you know, his wall of, <laughs> of mm. stuff, right? His murder board wall. <laughs> um, yeah. So it might be that she knows of everything because she was living through it secondhand. And it might be a thing that the children of the family never experienced at firsthand. And she drove them out, not because they would have to experience it themselves, but because what, up upon the eventual day when her husband would pass, she didn't want it to be able to pass to them if they were still in the house. I mean, mm. and now she's super old, so whatever. Like they wouldn't have been, they, they would have been got long gone on their own, anyways. But seemingly, she drove them out and away at younger ages, like as soon as they were old enough to to be on their own. Yeah, because she definitely witnesses some supernatural stuff, or at least matter of factly describes to him things about like who put on his bandages and stuff like that. So I'm not, I I couldn't ever quite figure out how much she was firsthand in the loop on this or not. Yeah. To to me, I kind of, I mean, when he walks in the house, she senses something about him that is like, Oh no, you've had some trauma in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to be able to see my flying creatures from Hogwarts. (laughs) you know what I mean? So she she has some sort of natural empathy, we'll call it, um, or uh, some empathetic senses about her that allows her to know somebody who might be ripe for the mozzik. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like she has. I, I I just got the impression that she had suffered secondhand through her husband and not directly. Mm-hmm. Now, why I I don't want to dive into too many specifics, but why does she do the thing with the shard of glass if she's like a like if she doesn't character? yeah yeah like what's she doing 
or is that the the Mazik pretending to be her to scare him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, that's that's a good point. There's a lot of things that like he thinks he sees <laughs> that he doesn't see. Fucking heater turned on. <laughs> Just for everybody, for everybody on the podcast. There keeps being different sounds that happen in Steven's apartment. <laughs> and he just whips around <laughs> checking behind him. Steven, I promise if I see a Mazik, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to angle my camera a little bit more. <laughs> now it's really creepy. Yeah, now you're, now you're good. <laughs> right? See, I don't even want to see it in the, in the reflection. <laughs> I know. It's the, I mean, it's the classic thing, right? It's, it's, you know, you're a child, you're under your blanket, your feet are towards the door and you think you hear something, something in a room. If you don't move and you pretend like you're asleep, maybe the, the ghost doesn't get you. Right. And then the eternal question of, is it better to turn on all the lights so you can see it? Or it, like, I, I think the risk isn't the darkness. It's the area that is kind of dark and kind of not where you might half see a thing. That is like the scary inducing effect. Yeah. That's like, there was, there was one time um, at, uh, at my old apartment when I had roommates, when uh, um, like one set of roommates, I believe, was gone for like the weekend on a trip or something. And the other roommate had just left for a trip. And like I had woke up and I had heard what sounded like somebody moving in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, this is super weird. I'm pretty sure everybody's supposed to be gone right now. Who could possibly be in the kitchen? So I like mm. pulled out my phone and like flipped on all the lights, um, like all, like f turned on all the Phillips things. And I didn't really hear any yep. movement, but then the lights went off again. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> somebody's uh -oh. definitely here. <laughs> so, Did you run? Can, can you be honest with me? How often in your own life when you are completely alone in like your apartment or in a building or something, do is it dark and you start calmly walking and then you realize like i'm just gonna fucking run because <laughs> i definitely have had the run thing a few times especially in the in the old apartment of the bottom of the hill where it was like a long corridor and i'd go to the bathroom at night and then i'd be like there's <laughs> definitely i still i said this is this is for for no one but you and the other people that have lived in that apartment that you that you know mm -hmm. but you have that window to nor nowhere that was above yep. the stairs and i've definitely yeah. slept on that couch and woke up and it's just like a dark hallway and a completely black window and i was like i don't really like any of what this is mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i kept the blinds closed there for a long time and it was because i had a fear that if i opened the blind a face would be staring back at me <laughs> No, I, I feel you. I mean, old creaky wooden buildings are just uh, scary. Yep. That's why for the rest of my life, I will live at least on the sixth floor of an apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts can't get this high. Um, but yeah, so anyways, any last uh, thoughts, Stephen, about uh, the vigil? Um, I wasn't that into the kind of like booming Hans Zimmer type score thing that it was doing. It felt like very <laughs> aggressive in its sound design. So, so this is the reason I'm laughing right now is because as I asked you the question, I noticed on IMDb it said nominate like one nomination. So I clicked on it, and literally as you as you were saying that, it says it was nominated for Screen Music Award. Hmm. So, so I just thought it was just kind of funny. You didn't like yeah, the music, okay. and apparently the music is uh, nominated. 
feature film hey. score of the year. Okay. Uh, good good for the movie. I wasn't... <laughs> it just felt heavy-handed to me. Yeah, It yeah. didn't feel like it matched the, like, mostly... I'm not going to say minimalist, but, like, the film is very simple in how it tries to scare you, and it felt like the soundtrack was really, like, amping it up in a way that kind of, like, undercut how simple it was trying to be. Yeah, yeah. I think for me... It didn't necessarily excite me, but it definitely didn't bother me that much. I was kind of, for me, just having that kind of like booming, intense sound, especially in like headphones while you're watching this <laughs> this movie. Um, it helped. It helped along, especially for some of those like small body horror moments, like uh, mm -hmm. involving toenails and stuff. <laughs> yep. Ooh, did not like that. That was when Joanna walked in. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, afterwards, Jamie was like you didn't seem to like that movie so much. I was like, yeah, I liked it. And she's like, you were squirming and stuff. I was like, yeah, because there's some gross shit in there. <laughs> but anyways, shall we get to verdict, Stephen? Yes, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, a reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm giving this a rental. I think it's totally fine. Um, not anything super special like like i admire the mostly it's restrained in the sense that it isn't like throwing a bunch of effects at you it isn't like amping up too many things it's content to be in a room for a while just like slowly panning around and letting you squirm you know squirming is definitely the vibe i had watching the movie <laughs> um but then at the same time i do feel like it throws the same bag of tricks over and over and over at you so i can't tell if it is like holding back or not i kind of feel like it's like i i don't, I don't know I, I respect what it manages to do with so little but it still kind of felt like repetitive in the way it tried to scare me and i don't like being scared <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah for me it didn't blow me away or anything but i definitely did enjoy it um i thought it was a nice small film that that managed to be creepy enough so for me i'm going to give it a reckon with a caveat um also one of the great things about this vod release is it's only like 6.99 so you don't have to worry about it being like a 19.99 release or anything like that um so i recommend people check it out <clears throat> but yeah that's going to do it for this week's review of the vigil stephen miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh people can find me under the covers <laughs> at uh <laughs> sdavidmiller.com or twitter.com slash sdavidmiller People can find me at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. You can subscribe to the show at, um, in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Vigil. So hopefully you are enjoying that more than Steven did. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that's this review. That's, this is, uh, that's all we're going to have for this, this, uh, this week. I mean, we also have a review that we recorded of Mass from um, mm -hmm. Sundance Film Festival, which I'll be releasing probably later in the week. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it for Got now. A little Catholic and a little Jewish. It's nice, nice combo for the week. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're we're back to the swing of things. And then in a few weeks, it's going to be South by Southwest. So we're probably going to have a slew of videos or uh, of of reviews coming out of there. 
And uh, yeah, once again, that's a festival that is open to everyone. Um, if you register soon, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, so lots of things coming your way. Hey, d- don't forget smack dab in the middle of South by Southwest. Uh, we got the Snyder Cut coming out. Yeah, we got <laughs> Snyder <laughs> Cut. <laughs> I'm willing to commit on the record to watching both the theatrical version and the Snyder Cut just to have a better conversation about it. Just, 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 just to make sure you know what you're getting into. You do know, Stephen, that the Snyder Cut is four hours, two minutes long, right? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that didn't I, seem, I'm aware. That didn't seem to phase him. <laughs> this, this, this is like I did for Vigil, too. I'm just like yes-anding and then realizing what I got myself into later. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I Almost today, I was thinking, I was like, man, should I watch Man of Steel, which I really, really loved, and Batman v Superman, which I did not love at all, and then the Snyder Cut, so I have like a good baseline for how I feel about the series Mm -hmm. as a whole, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's just like so much to do. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we got Snyder Cut coming at the end of the month. We got uh, Godzilla vs. Kong coming out. Oh, yeah. We got got, uh, Cherry coming out on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, there's just all sorts of things that are going to be coming out. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a fun month, I think. Yep. Looking forward to it. Cool. Um, well, that's it, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.